adventure travel with the group like we do here at Hike Like a Woman is one thing, but what if you were to go on a huge epic adventure in another country all by yourself? I am really excited to have Jenna Dran on the podcast and on our YouTube channel today talking about solo adventure travel. Uh, she has so much knowledge and so much experience and she's just really cool. So um, she is going to be presenting at our upcoming summit. You guessed it. Uh, May 8th through the 12th, our virtual conference. It's going to be amazing. She is going to be talking and uh, this is just a little sneak peek about what she's going to be sharing during her presentation at the summit. So if you want to learn more about our summit, you can head on over to our website, hikelikeawoman.com for information on tickets, the schedule, the talks that are going to be given, all of the things. So head to our website, hikelikeawoman.com to check it out. But for now, enjoy my conversation with Jenna. Jenna, um, you've done a ton of adventures. I was reading Mount Blanc, Annapurna, all the things. Talk to me about why such big epic adventures. Well, I would say that at this point, I can pretty confidently say I don't have a ton of vacation time anymore. That wasn't the case when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And so now I definitely feel I have to combine my backpacking and my world travels together um, Mm -hmm. in order to get the most bang for my buck right now, um, just time-wise. When I was younger, I used to work a very unusual schedule where I had um, three months off every year. And I would go on these epic traveling adventures. This is one of the perks of being a nurse um, for anyone who is considering career options out there that you have a lot of flexible scheduling. And um, so that was one of the luxuries it afforded me and in my younger years um, when I wasn't tied to a specific position. And so um, just kind of got the uh, enthusiasm for, for traveling in general. And backpacking had started when I was about 18 mm-hmm. and hooked up with this local college group that was hiking the Grand Canyon and um, just joined in as a high schooler into their college group, which I don't (laughs) think would ever happen today. Um, And that was my first backpacking trip. I uh, loved it and haven't stopped since. So that's kind of what got me started. Of all the places you've traveled, is there one particular place that is so special to you that you just want to go back? Gosh, I really loved the Alp Adria Trail, which goes through Austria, Slovenia, and Mm. Italy. Um, Mm. I only did about three and a half weeks of that, um, which I think if you did it in its entirety would take a couple months. Um, But it does go all the way from the Alps in Austria to the Mediterranean. Um, So I would love to complete that trail at some point. Um, I also adored um, the Annapurna Trek in Nepal. Um, That was a great one as well. That was before the earthquake. So I'm not sure the condition that it's in now, but at the time um, it was an amazing trek. Um, so that's another great one. Um, you said you're a nurse. What kind of, what type of nurse are you? Are you I do obstetrics. Oh, yeah. So um, basically spent most of my career delivering babies mm-hmm. and uh, now I'm in kind of more of a policy type role. Um, but uh, it was 
one of the things that like also at the same time of kind of at the same time of my life, I was trying to decide what was a really important um, time of people's lives that I could participate in. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, people always remember when they had their, their babies. And I was like, it's really meaningful to them. And I want to be a part of that. And so that's kind of how I made my career decision, which is how I make a lot of my decisions sort of um, kind of spontaneously. So you talk a lot about adventure travel, backpacking, all of these things. Can you give us like a 60 second sneak peek or a teaser about what your talk is going to be at our summit? Sure. So I think the focus of my talk is going to be how um, getting outside is the best medicine to heal inside oh. um, is really going to be the focus. Um, I find that it's very therapeutic. Um, well, for me, it has been and I think it can be for other people and, and other people report this as well, of course, too. Um, but I have been through a couple of personal uh, tragedies um, and I really used um, my solo backpacking experiences to get through them and found them very um, restorative. And it was helpful for me to be able to move forward with my life during really difficult times. So I'm hoping to kind of bring that um, experience and um, also the renewed hope that you get from, from being out and about um, when you're going through something difficult and how you can use that momentum when you return to, to re-engage with the world. I am excited for your talk. And I, as you were speaking, I had this, I had this memory that just kind of popped into my mind where a couple of years ago, we had a really significant uh, wildfire near us and it just completely wiped out this section of the forest that my family loves to cross country ski through in the wintertime. And every year we've gone back and we've started to see the forest regrow and rebloom and the trees are starting to come back and it's just a beautiful thing and so I feel like mother nature is so good at healing herself after something tragic like a wildfire and I think we have that capability within us too to to heal and to become whole again but we have to we have to kind of find it and discover it and I I feel like that's where your presentation is going to take us. Yeah, that's um, that is definitely one of the directions of it. I also want to incorporate in um, how to for people who are hesitant about solo travel, how to get over some of the um, most common fears um, or at least make them feel um, that they're more in your control. Some of the things mm -hmm. that you might be most fearful of um, and uh, just give people some tools to feel more empowered um, by themselves. What are some of those? What are some of those tools? Well, I have some, you know, kind of emergency preparation things that I do that make me yeah. feel safer and more comfortable. Yeah. And Good. there's also, I think, some kind of ways of looking at the world where you don't assume that bad things are going to happen. Yeah. Um, and how you even take experiences where bad things have happened to you and don't let it taint your impression of the things that are to come. And I think that's a tricky proposition um, as anyone who's gone through something unfortunate knows, but like how to use that energy towards your, your journeys. Oh, I can't wait. You're going to, you're going to give us all of the, all the tips. Um, 
Can you talk about maybe a transformation that has happened to you when you've been on a solo trip? Maybe how you were feeling before a really important trip or trip that was important to you and then how you emerged like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon maybe give us a glimpse into the before and a glimpse into the after yeah and I think that that is um that it's funny that you say a butterfly because there was actually a very special butterfly on this trip that I went on um that like sat on my shoulder and was like um accompanied me for quite a while, longer than a butterfly usually sits. Oh. And it was very meaningful to me at the oh. time. And um, this was right after my father had passed away and um, he had had a very long struggle. Um, and I hadn't really processed his death um, and was kind of going about my life. And then I made this spontaneous decision to do the Tour de Mont Blanc mm -hmm. literally a week before I left. I And I packed oh, wow. before and I had wow. no plans or reservations or anything um, in advance and just went and did it. And yeah. it turned out to be this incredibly cathartic experience. Um, mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time crying on the trail, um, yeah. but it was tears of like healing. And um, it was just, when I got done with that hike, I was, I was a new person. And um, I was able to move on with my life and with a feeling of comfort um, that I had not had before. And it was really transformative for me. That's so special. Yeah. What a special memory. I almost like your father was walking beside you. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was pretty amazing because he was buried in his tux with a red cummerbund uh -huh. and this butterfly was black with um, a red stripe around it. Um, uh -huh. And I was just like, oh, it's so symbolic. And it was just uh -huh. so it was so meaningful to me during the during the hike to have this little butterfly perched on me that just reminded me of my dad. Do you think those moments are open to everyone or do you I feel like do. you have the right headspace? Well, no, I think that that's, that's a great point. Like, I think you have to be open to the magic for, to see it, you know? Yeah. And I'm a very like, you know, I'm a science person, like yeah. math yeah. and science were my backgrounds before I went into nursing. And mm -hmm. um, so I'm very logical and very don't, typically believe in a lot of yeah. overly spiritual things, but like, I do believe if you give yourself the opportunity to, um, to be open to seeing deeper meanings, um, that you can find them and they, they serve you well. Yeah. I love, I love group trips and I love group hikes and I love group adventures and I guide and I lead group trips and group adventures. But sometimes I feel like if I'm with a group, I'm not able to step back and have those magical, beautiful moments because there's so much around me that I it doesn't feel peaceful and healing sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's another reason I'm really looking forward to your to your talk is because it's almost giving women permission to step away from the group and to forge their own trail, so to speak. Yeah, I think um, I love hiking in groups as well. And, you know, I do that often or with other people. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the thing that's so special about solo hiking is um, you really don't have any distractions. It's just you and the earth and you 
you are kind of forced to confront things that you wouldn't perhaps otherwise do if you had chit chat going on or other stimuli um, to draw your attention. But that is sort of where these transformations happen. So in our Hike Like Women community, we have a lot of women. They're typically, you know, mid-30s up until retirement age. We have women in their 70s who come on guided trips with us. And um, one thing that I've noticed about our community is some women tend to feel really nervous or anxious or scared at the thought of a solo, even just a solo day hike on their local trails. Um, and I recognize that solo hiking and solo tracking and solo traveling isn't for every woman. And um, certainly there's there's times when, you know, it, it may not be for everyone. Um, but what do you say to the woman or what advice would you give to the woman who's like, I really want to travel and I really I want to just go alone and have that um, ex- that experience of, of confidence and self-reliance. Uh, but I'm a little nervous or a little little hesitant, a little scared. What advice would you give to that woman? Well, it may sound crazy because I've done so much international travel and backpacking alone, but mm-hmm. I get nervous every time I go um, yeah. still. And I think that that's normal. And I don't think that you're going to get rid of that feeling of nervousness. But I think what's so amazing about it is to overcome that nervousness, like you will never have more confidence than when you are out there just handling whatever comes up. And whether it's like your travel plans don't go as expected, or, you know, you forgot some critical piece of gear that now you're like, how did I possibly forget that? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but when you manage in a situation that like you didn't know that you would be able to handle, like Mm -hmm. your confidence just soars and you come back and you feel like that you can take on anything in your life. And I think that it's like how to get over that initial nervousness. I think it's just kind of like that saying that's like you risk so much when you risk nothing at all. And I, I really believe that that's true when it comes to independent adventures as well, because you wind up meeting people that you, if you were with someone else, you would never talk to because you're only prompted to talk to people because you're by yourself and you're like, I'll talk to anyone, you know? And um, then that winds up, I mean, I have friendships all around the world um, that just would not have developed if I had been with someone else and had no reason to get outside that social bubble. Um, So I think it just... I think you have to really keep the rewards in mind to to push past those barriers. Yeah, and if um, I, at the end of a trip, um, I feel like it would it's very empowering because I think it's good to be nervous because I think being a little nervous keeps us humble and yeah. keeps us safe in in some situations. So I think I think those nerves are. It's not like uh, something to be uh, embarrassed or ashamed no. about or to push aside. And instead, we need to embrace it and and say, um, I was nervous and scared and I jumped off the diving board anyway. And because I did that, I feel like I can do anything. Yes. No, exactly. And I do think there's also like a... a a honing of like trusting your gut to that happens. Mm -hmm. Like you learn 
what fears you can say are unfounded and that you can push aside and then what fears you listen to very astutely. And I think you learn to develop which fears to listen to and which fears are kind of that background noise that that are just trying to impede your adventure. Um, and, and you gain a, a wiser sense of which is which. Ah, oh, so it's almost like the more we use our intuition, the stronger, it's like a muscle. Yes. The, strong, yes. the stronger that intuition becomes, which is going to therefore keep us safe. Yes, because I definitely have had moments of fear on the trails and I always listen to that intuition because it's not my baseline when I'm just normally hiking. But mm -hmm. if I feel it, I know I feel it for a reason. And I try to get myself into a position or a situation where I can remedy that because I, I listen to my gut when, when I'm feeling something different. But I just yeah. finished this great book called Wellness by Nathan Hill. Uh -huh. And it has nothing to do with hiking, but it has everything to do with the nothingness and everythingness of modern life and relationships and also has quite an interesting take on social media that I think is really fascinating for um, pretty much anyone alive right now and um, also some great insights into the placebo effect which I actually do translate into some wisdom for hiking which is it's amazing how much your mind can control your outcome, essentially. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that that really plays into like how to get over some of these fears of hiking. And so much of it is mind over matter. And there's like just a, a ton of interesting context for that in this novel. Okay, I was looking for a good book. So it's so you. good. Talking with Jenna just makes me want to just go on a really big adventure. So thank you, Jenna, for the conversation. And if you want to learn more about how you can hear Jenna's entire presentation, head on over to our website, hikelikewoman.com, click that summit tab, and you can find all the details, everything that you need to know about our upcoming summit this spring. It's going to be amazing. And I hope to see you there.